Hi everybody, I'm Josh. And I'm Brett. If you're looking for a different horror podcast, one that stands out from the rest... Well, don't look here. (laughs) Absolutely not. Every week we talk about our favorite horror movies and some of our favorite aspects of those horror movies. So that's something that interests you? Check us out. The only thing that sets us apart is that it's us. So if you like the sound of our voices... Check us out at the Evil Desk Podcast. Wherever it is that you find podcasts. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bare my teeth and shake a tail fin. A bikini babe, catching a road wave. A big surprise, I'm gonna rise and flash my tooth cave. All the buff dudes, safe on the beach food. They're gonna need a bigger boat and bears real soon. I'm a sea king, a CGI thing. I'm here to eat and bare my teeth and shake a tail fin. Welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the Shark Movie Podcast, and welcome to week two of Spooky Sharktober. (laughs) That's right, everybody, we are back with our second episode of Spooky Sharktober, and this week I am talking about 2018's Nightmare Shark, written and directed by Nathan and Griff First. So this movie comes from also Griff First, as I mentioned. He also directed one of my all-time favorite shark movies, Go Shark. So I already have pretty high expectations for this movie, but I've also heard not-so-great things about it. So right off the bat, let's get into the poster expectations. This is a simple poster. It's just a woman floating in an ocean, and a shark stalks her. Um, as simple as it is, I do like the poster, And if I remember correctly, the ghost uh, shark poster wasn't anything spectacular, but like simple and to the point. So, I mean, ultimately, I'm expecting something creepy, kind of perfect for our spooky Sharktober theme. So, yeah, really looked forward to this movie just because of the director. And in fact, it's another shark movie, of course. Uh, But I've also heard some not great things about it. And we will get into that a little bit later. But there's nothing else to do, but let's dive in. The movie starts off with some nightmare on Elm Street shit with hands looking like they're trying to break out of the wall and like a face pressed up against it and it starts screaming. And then we see the fabric starting to break and it's a woman who's been trapped under a tarp in a boat. She looks around and the boat is parked in like the middle of a street at night on a boat trailer. She hears her name being called and she looks over and we see some like glitchy people on another boat just kind of waving at her. She walks, like, barefoot over to them, and blood starts pouring down their faces as they disappear. She climbs up onto the boat, but there's nobody there, so she gets back down, and the other boat starts coming towards her with the propeller spinning. She manages to move out of the way just as the two boats collide, and then we see some, like, black smoke wisping through the air, and she starts to run. As she runs down the street, every manhole cover has, like, spirit hands trying to grab at her. She falls into one of these manholes, And a truck starts driving towards her and starts going over her. So she ducks into this manhole, which is like full of water. And when she goes under, it's it's like she's in a body of water, like in the ocean. And then she's starting to get trapped in seaweed. In the real world, as this is just a dream, she starts floating above her bed. In the dream, as she struggles with seaweed, we see what I assume is the Dream Witch coming after her. Because the alternate title for this movie is Curse of the Dream Witch. She stops floating and drops to the floor. A man comes running into the room and asks her what happened. And then we get the title card, Curse of the Dream Witch. 
I haven't seen sharks so far in the movie, so at this point I was a little bit nervous. It's morning, and Ava and her boyfriend are walking through the airport, talking about how she's sleep-deprived and all that, and so we learn that they're basically there to see a doctor, and the boyfriend is just trying to get her help with her sleep. She's a little bit resistant to it, but then ultimately they decide to go ahead with it. They meet up with someone from the doctor's office, and they get into a car, and then we see another man and a woman in another car in front of them, and they're also going to see the doctor by the sounds of it. And then we go to yet another couple, and this one, uh, the dude driving is the guy from American Pie, the one who played Tara Reid's boyfriend, so he's in this movie very shortly, but he is in it. So the girlfriend starts reading from a pamphlet from this doctor, and so by the sounds of it, this doctor sent out like a mass email or something, so these people are the ones who responded to it. A woman runs in front of their car suddenly, and he slams the brakes on to see what's going on. The woman looks like she's covered in blood, so he follows her to a raft on the side of, like, a river, and there's a man inside. His eyes have, like, turned white, and he's bleeding, and he just keeps saying, like, it's my raft, it's my raft, it's my raft. And finally, American Pie dude is like, get out of my raft. And then the guy just jumps out, starts laughing, and swims away backwards, and then there's two people in the water now yelling for help. So he gets into this tiny ass boat and he starts paddling over. And then we see the dream witch pop out of the water every once in a while. So like this whole thing is just a dream again. The two people sink into the water. We see blood start to fill up the water. He wakes up and he's still driving and his girlfriend tells him to pull over. Probably a smart fucking idea because yeah, you're not staying awake. And it drives me nuts when people do it. It's like, oh yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. Like, no. Pull the fuck... Like, he shouldn't have even been driving in the first place. Like, he's obviously sleep-deprived, and yet he's driving a fucking car? Like, idiot. They all arrive at the facility, and they're greeted by Dr. Novak, played by Tony Amendola. He invites them in, and the group goes inside, and we get a rundown of why they're there. So, basically, it's a drug trial. So, these people filled out a survey on his website, and I'm assuming it's for dreams or lack of sleep. This is very Nightmare on Elm Street so far but not as good. Novak gives them a tour of the facility and then starts uh, getting EEG readings from everyone to determine like how much of the new meds they need. Like, so what kind of dosage they're looking for as they have dinner, they all discuss why they're there and why they can't sleep. And then Ava tells a story of her and her family when she was 11 and they were heading home on the boat because she was being a fucking brat about something. They would like entered her into like a water skiing competition and she got second place and was like, man, this sucks. I want to go home. I'm 11 years old. You have to do what I say. So they start driving boat and then they run into a man on another boat and the man just shoots at their boat and causes Ava's boat and her family to basically sink and die. Ava says that's when she saw the Dream Witch. She doesn't use the term Dream Witch, but that's what she's talking about. Someone else at the table asks, like, what this thing looks like, and they all start to realize they're all having the same dream or seeing the same thing in their dreams. And Novak says he's experienced the same thing, like the same kind of dream as well. And he's done research, and he starts naming, like, what other countries call this thing. Ultimately, a Dream Witch. Novak believes it's a primal response and not necessarily something supernatural, so he says. So then he starts telling the story of how he was scuba diving and he ran out of oxygen and that's when he started to see the witch. So he's like spent his whole life trying to combat this thing. Again, so he says. And then Rob the American Pie guy says he's leaving and storms out after Novak leaves the room. His girlfriend Jolene follows him outside and says like, we can't leave. Like, you gotta stay for me. We're, we need to do this together. And he says, I did try. And this is my own way of dealing with things. 
And he actually talks with that accent too. So I'm not just being a douche with the accent. <laughs> he literally talks like that. And they both have like a Texan accent or something. But it's so weird seeing it from the American Pie dude. Because I don't think I've really seen him in anything else. So to have him do this accent was just really weird. I'm not saying it was bad. It was just it was just weird. So anyways, he says he'll be at a motel and we'll pick her up Sunday. And then he finally leaves. He drives down the road and he is sleepy as fuck. And he keeps falling asleep at the wheel. And it's like he's switching from being awake to like sleepy time in Dream Witch world. 20 minutes in, plenty of mentions of like drowning and other aquatic activities. Um, you know what hasn't been shown or mentioned? The fucking shark. Rob gets a gun out and leaves the car as he sees all the black wispy things come toward him. The cloud knocks him and the car over and we I guess we just assume he's dead. Back at the facility, everyone is walking to their rooms, and Ava says she's going to go stay with Rob's girlfriend, Jolene, to make sure she's okay. And in one of the other rooms, one of the couples, Gina and Kaplan, start to get their sexy time on. Ow! Ava goes and visits Jolene, and Jolene just starts, like, pouring her soul out to Ava about her relationship with Rob and how, like, this whole sleep disorder thing has been affecting their relationship. We then see Dr. Novak sitting at a table with a bunch of screens, and he has cameras in everyone's room. So he's creeping on everyone, especially Gina and Kaplan, who be fucking right now. And we see some side boob action. Yay! As Gina is riding Kaplan to high heavens, he sees a hand trying to push through the ceiling, and Gina tells him to finish because she's so close. Oh, yeah? Later on, Gina runs a bath and tells Kaplan to keep an eye on her. Jolene and Ava are lying in bed, and Jolene manages to fall asleep. Ava tries to wake her up, and Jolene sits up, and a weird scream comes out of her mouth. We see a face trying to push through the ceiling, so she runs out and grabs Novak, and he says, oh no, you're just dreaming, it's all just a dream. So he comes back out to her, and he's got like some pills rattling in his hand, and he sits her down on the couch. He says Jolene will be fine, and then he tells her to look up at the ceiling and asks why her eyeballs are so dilated, and then he shines a light into her eyes, and he tells her to look up more, and then he comes in with a needle under her fucking jaw and injects her and says, oh, you're just having an episode. Guys, I don't trust Novak. Just, I don't know. Just, I have a hunch that he's going to be a bad guy, but I don't know. Let's see what happens. She calls him a son of a bitch, and then he kisses her on the forehead and carries her downstairs. And now we are in the tub with Gina. Ow, ow. And Kaplan comes into the bathroom and sees Gina is not in the tub until her head starts coming out of the water. Very creepy. And we think it's the dream witch, but it's not. It's just Gina. Oh, it's so spooky. I'm scared. Novak has Ava in the MRI machine. Jolene wakes up in her bed and hears water dripping. She goes to the door where the handle is dripping water. And as she opens the door, water comes fucking flooding in the room, in her dream, of course. We go back into the tub with Gina. Kaplan has fallen asleep. Gina is starting to fall asleep in the fucking tub. And this is where we get a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street reference with the hand coming up between the legs. Now, guys, I have to tell you something. It was at this point I realized I kind of fucked something up with this movie. So I remember seeing a screenshot from this scene. And there wasn't a hand, it was a shark fin in the tub, which makes a lot more sense. So I know what you're thinking, like, Steve, did you watch the wrong movie? So, yes and no. <laughs> so, guess what? The movie I have been watching so far is indeed not Nightmare Shark. It is titled 
Curse of the Dream Witch. But there's a lot of movies I watch that have alternate titles. They're the same movies, but they're called different things. Much like uh, Hammerhead and Sharkman. It's the same fucking movie, but it's called different things. But this one is truly fucking bizarre. So, okay, listen to this. At some point, they took out all the shark elements of this movie. And they replaced it with a Dream Witch. So this one movie is actually two different movies. What am I doing with my life? Oh my god. So, okay, I found a copy on YouTube. So I'll start reviewing from where I fucking left off because I'm not going to, like, go back and recap everything. Basically, any parts where I describe the witch, replace it with a shark. The beginning of the movie where there's hands coming out of the manhole covers, shark fins coming out. Uh, when Rob is attacked on the road, go shark. Boom. And the shark is actually pretty gnarly looking and looks way better than like whatever CGI witch they devised like after the fact. This is what I'm talking about. That's the kind of shit I want to see. So when I was upset earlier about not seeing the shark, it was a little inaccurate uh, because at that point, if I had been watching Nightmare Shark and not Curse of the Dream Witch, I would have seen some shark action already. But that's insane to me. Like it's literally the same movie, same actors, same lines. But one of them has a shark and one of them has a witch. So often when you look this movie up on IMDb, it'll say you can watch it on Tubi. But the only one you can watch on Tubi, at least in Canada, is Curse of the Dream Witch, which is very much not Nightmare Shark. I do kind of want to go back and rewatch like at least the end of uh, Curse of the Dream Witch just to see if there is any major differences. I kind of feel like there's not. But yeah, what a wild fucking ride, man. Jesus Christ. So, obviously, one of the main differences is that the people are seeing a shark in their dreams instead of the witch. Um, otherwise, everything else pretty much plays out the same way. There's not really much else that's different other than the fact it's a shark, not a witch. So, now we're back on fucking track, people. God damn it. Okay. We can do this. All right. So, now we're back where we were. Sexy bath time. Wanky wanky. Um, and instead of a witch's hand, it's a shark fin in the tub. Ooh, sexy, scary. I may have a confused boner. Gina is pulled under the water. Kaplan comes running into the bathroom and tries to pull her out of the tub, but then he slips and hits his head. Gina manages to get out of the tub and runs with a towel on to go get Novak. As she enters the house, we see him leaving, presumably going to Kaplan, I believe. Kaplan is in a dream, swimming after Gina in the water, and as Kaplan approaches her, she starts to disappear. And now he's back in the cabin, but it's still a dream. Outside the windows, everything is like underwater. And we see the shark kind of swimming around. And then we see a like a severed leg sink down. And then Gina is like knocking on the windows outside. Again, still in the dream. Kaplan goes to the fireplace, which is on fire and also dripping water at the same time. And looks up the dripping chimney and he's snatched up and water pours into the room. So I, he's dead. Kaplan is dead. Jolene leaves her room stumbling around and she runs into Gina. Gina asks her for help, but Jolene ends up puking on her instead. Enzo comes around the corner at that same time and Gina grabs him to help. The three of them go back to Gina's, but Kaplan has disappeared. So I'm pretty sure Novak went back in there and took his fucking body. Because later on, we are going to see that he has like the bodies stashed somewhere. And they all have something from their dream, like a cut or water in the mouth. So like very, like very Elm Street. So if something happens to them in their dream, it does seem to affect what happens to them in the real world. If you had told me that I would be doing a movie that is a shark spoof of Nightmare on Elm Street. Fuck, I, I wouldn't have pinned that one. That was not on my fucking bingo card. 
Jolene says she's had it and she's going to go find Rob. Enzo shows her a bicycle that she can use and tells her to go to the gas station and get some help. Gina goes back to her room and calls Kaplan, but they have no fucking cell service, obviously, because it's a scary movie and they're in a cabin. Why would they have the cell phone service? Jolene and Enzo find Rob's car, but no sign of Rob. Enzo says maybe another car came and picked him up and took him to the hospital. So they head back to the cabin. Gina is now with Novak telling him what she saw like wasn't a dream or psychosomatic. Novak tells a story of someone doing something similar and like he's like yeah they hurt themselves but it was actually all in their dream. He then asks why her eyes are dilated which is what he asked Ava right before he drugged her. Enzo and Jolene bust into the room and tell Novak there's been an accident. Novak gets on the phone and says that he's calling the police. Enzo asks like where is Ava and Novak says oh I just gave her a sedative and uh, she asked me for it and uh, she's in the MRI machine now. She, she signed off on it that's fine. I just wanted to scan her while she was dreaming. And then Novak seemingly somewhat sincere says that they should just cancel the drug trial and he's sad because it's been his life's work and he apologizes saying all he ever wanted to do was help. What a valiant gentleman just wanting to help people with their dreams. He says he'll take them wherever they want to go in the morning and Enzo insists on seeing Ava and Novak's like, yeah, come on downstairs. And then they leave Gina and Jolene upstairs who decide to go out and look for Kaplan. So all these people are leaving everywhere, not telling the other per where the other people are going, which is just fucking insane to me. I don't understand why people do this. Like, oh, hey, let's not tell other people where we're going and then go disappear. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Enzo tells Novak it doesn't sound like Ava would have agreed to be drugged and put into an MRI machine. It just doesn't sound like something that she would do. Novak takes Enzo over to his desk and he shows him the release form. And then Enzo says, like, that does not look like her signature. Enzo goes upstairs to use the phone, but it's dead. Novak sneaks up behind him and hits him in the head with a duck paperweight. That fucking duck paperweight is as dangerous as a Canadian goose. I don't know if any of you listening have ever had an encounter with a Canadian goose or Canadian geese. Um, they're fucking assholes. They are dicks. You'll be walking on the sidewalk, a sidewalk that humans created, and they'll just be like, yo, the fuck you doing on my sidewalk? And I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to walk. And like, I'm a goose. I'm like, I don't care, man. Like, oh my god, I'll cross the fucking street. You have wings. Fucking use them. Jesus gave you wings to fly. Fucking use your wings. Get the fuck out of my way. What was I talking about? Novak drags Enzo downstairs near the MRI machine. Ava wakes up and she's inside a wooden box or a wooden coffin, very much like uh, Kill Bill 2. And also very much like Kill Bill 2, she punches her way out of it. And now she's in the desert. She yells hello and looks around. And then she sees her parents who say she should have died with them. Aw, mommy and daddy aren't very nice. <laughs> Don't worry, sweetheart, I know what that's like. And then they ask her if she's ready and then scream at her to start running. So she does and her mother starts chasing her. She falls down to a sand dune and looks around and the parents have seemingly disappeared. She climbs up and sees nothing but desert until the black wispies appear and seem to go over her. In the basement, Enzo is tied up and locked up in a room that kind of looks like a utility closet. Jolene and Gina are sitting on a bridge and uh, have some caffeine pills to stay awake. And Gina is sad Kaplan is gone because they were supposed to do this together. And then Jolene asks Gina if she thinks they're dead and she's not sure. 
And then Jolene suggests uh, taking turns sleeping after she just gave her like fucking caffeine pills. Like, hey, you want to get hopped up and then try to sleep? Yeah, that sounds fun. So yeah, they're going to take turns because that always works out in a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. So I'm sure nothing's ever going to go wrong because it's not like the other person's going to like fall asleep or something, right? No, of course not. Enzo finds a light switch and he starts using the things in the room to break free. Jolene is awake while Gina sleeps on the bed and she hears a noise outside and she sees a tractor driving away from the house. She leaves the cabin, leaving Gina alone, defeating the whole fucking purpose of this taking turns and watching each other nonsense. Enzo manages to open a vent on the ceiling and he starts crawling around inside. Gina opens her eyes in bed, looks at the ceiling and sees an ocean and waves hitting rocks. Jolene goes into the main cabin and tries using the phone and sees that there's like no batteries inside. So this phone has been dead the entire time. So clearly Novak didn't call the fucking cops. Gina tries to leave the room, but when she opens the door, it leads off a cliff. And it kind of reminded me of House. If you've ever seen House from 1984 with William Cat, one of my all time favorite horror movies, very first horror movie I ever watched. Um, but there's a scene where like he opens his back door and then he kind of falls down because like his backyard's not there. It's just a cliff. There were quite a few references in this movie. I noticed I'm trying to pick them out as I go here. They're like, there was the kill bill one, uh, this house one. I don't know if there were specific references to those movies or, I mean, these are also movies that I've watched like 150 times. So maybe I'm just making connections where there's not any, but um, hey, I thought it was kind of cool. If they if they did that on purpose, I, I'm all here for it. Jolene returns to the room and Gina starts floating as she starts falling in her dream. The shark starts to appear above Gina, growling in her face. Yeah, we got another fucking growling shark here. Ugh, whatever. I guess it's, it's a nightmare shark, so if it wants to make noise, it can make fucking noise. It's fine. And she finally wakes up. She falls to the ground and she sees a glimpse of the shark before it disappears. At the car wreck, Novak grabs Rob's gun. He gets in the tractor and starts to remove the car. Gina and Jolene are on to Novak and decide to look for weapons because he definitely didn't call the cops, as I mentioned earlier. So they go to this, like, fucking shed and start looking for weapons. Jolene plays with a chainsaw, very evil dead, uh, but instead ends up with a rusty fucking shovel while Gina has a rusty machete. All these fucking tools are rusty, like Novak. I know you're a doctor, dude, but, like, look after your shit. You can't let your tools get rusty. I mean, there's, okay, there's certain acts, you know, you might want to get a tool rusty, if you know what I'm saying. Let's move on. Someone approaches the shed and they hide around the corner. As the man enters, Jolene hits him on the back, but it's just Enzo. They all agree they need to leave and get the fuck out of there. And then he tells them about some boat he found, so he takes them over. Novak has the boat that Ava's family died in, which is fucking insane because this boat actually sank, which means he would have had to have salvaged this from the bottom of the ocean. I am assuming they were in the ocean. I don't know, man. That's just fucking insane to me, but uh, Novak's a pretty crazy fucking guy, so what are you going to do? They decide they need to get Ava out of the MRI machine and then get out of there. No fucking shit. Like, hey, you guys just want to leave that bitch in the machine? Yeah, yeah, we'll come back. It'll be fine. They try breaking the glass, but it's too tough. Enzo decides to go through the vents again, and Gina decides to go to sleep and try to help Ava. And again, nobody's telling the other like people what they're fucking doing. Like, they just go off and do it. Like, this should have been a discussion. Like, hey, should I go into like the dream world and help her? Um, no, because that's fucking dangerous and you're probably going to die. Spoiler alert, she does die. <laughs> so after Gina tries to go to sleep and try to help Ava, Jolene leans in and asks, are you trying to sleep? Bitch, what the fuck did you two just talk about? 
She just said, I'm going to sleep to go help Ava out. And then sat in a chair, closed her eyes, and this bitch leans in and is like, are you trying to sleep? Oh my god, dumbass. After a while, Gina can't sleep, so she decides that she's going to try and hold her breath until she passes out and tells Jolene if her, bar, if her body starts floating to wake her up. So Gina tries holding her breath, but it doesn't fucking work out. Shocker. So then she asks Jolene to choke her. This movie just got interesting. So then she grabs Jolene's hands and puts them on her neck and makes her choke her. Oh, kinky shit. Gina tells her to press harder, but Jolene freaks out and refuses. And then Gina convinces her, and then Jolene really gets into it, and kind of seems like she likes it, maybe? Oh, yeah. No, Gina finally passes out, and she's in the desert, and she manages to bring a pair of scissors with her from the real world because she was holding them while she was sleeping. So again, basically nightmare on Elm Street rules. Enzo finally gets into the MRI room and he shuts the machine down. He leaves the room and asks the girls for help getting Ava out and asks if Gina is all right. And Jolene tells him the plan. She's kind of like, yeah, I guess she's all right. <laughs> then Gina finds Ava in the dream and Ava asks her like how she got there. And then Gina asks her like, do you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby, and you're going to die. No, but she does ask her if she knows uh, where she is. And then I don't think she answers because who fucking cares? You're in a desert in a dream. Like what? What other answers are you looking for here? They look over the sand dunes and see a shark fin lurking around. Gina stabs Ava in the hands with the scissors in an attempt to like wake her up. She disappears for a moment and then returns and asks Gina to do it again because it did seem to work for a second. Then the ground starts to shake. And we see some big shark teeth rising from the ground. The teeth rise until they basically surround the girls. In the real world, Gina starts floating. And Ava is doing that weird scream thing that Jolene was doing earlier. And then uh, Jolene pulls Gina down and she's dragged across the floor. Jolene tries to wake her up while Enzo tries to wake up Ava. Gina starts floating. And then behind Enzo, Ava starts standing up and she starts making noises like she's grasping for air or something. And we see the shark like flashing before her and some lightning and smoke shit. And then Enzo just fucking smacks Ava as hard as he can and manages to wake her up. I like the part that I liked about this is like he didn't just like, OK, I'm just going to fucking hit her. Like he hesitated because he's like, I don't really want to like hit my girlfriend. It's it's a subtle moment, but I really liked it. So there's just a lot of like little things in this movie that do that that I kind of enjoyed. So I appreciated that he didn't want to just like beat the shit out of his girlfriend. That was fun. It's fun to like not, you know, commit domestic abuse and all that, right? I, at least I think. So now the shark is next to Gina and she starts stabbing at the shark. We see blood fly around, but she falls to the ground. She's got blood all over her and I guess she's bleeding out as well. She eventually bleeds out enough and dies, so now she can go join Kaplan in sexy times heaven. Enzo and Ava run upstairs and start going through Novak's things and find some lore about a shark believed in by the Hawaiian people that exists between the real world and dreams. They say the name. I am not going to try to pronounce it because I will butcher the ever-loving fuck out of it. Um, but yeah, it's a Hawaiian shark god that exists between the real world and dreams, as I said. But yeah, and his desire is to enter our world and rule it. Isn't that like every dark creature's desire? Like none of them ever just want to come through and like hang out for a day. You know, like they they always want to take over the world. Guy, take a vacation, you know, take it easy. I mean, don't go right into like ruling the world. Take your time. Relax. You're a powerful shark. You can do it. You, there's no rush. It's OK, man. 
it's calm calm down so basically this shark gets into dreams and if he can't get into the real world then you die and whoever assists this god or being will rule by its side so basically that's novak's plan he just like yeah i want to be the number two in this big god plan like yeah or you can find a way to kill this thing and then not die but fuck me what do i know jolene spots novak returning in the tractor as ava and enzo go through his files some more and then the three of them hide outside as he enters and they start to sneak away. So they come up with a plan to stay in the dream until they can bring this shark into the real world. So yeah, it's, it's Nightmare on Elm Street. That's it, the same thing. They literally do this. Like in every Nightmare on Elm Street, they do the same fucking thing. Like, hey, we got to bring him into the real world. Okay. Welcome to my world, bitch. They then decide to ask the question why he was on a tractor at 3 a.m., and Jolene just pipes in and is like, oh, I'll declare my car off the road and bury Rob. And it's like, no, yeah, no, that's pretty accurate. And Ava's like, oh, you don't know that. Jolene pauses and says, I'm in a killing mood. And the three of them run off to the shed to find weapons. I wish I fucking had friends like that. Like, yo, I'm in a killing mood today. And they're just like, yeah, cool. Who we popping? That'd be amazing. But here we are. Ava sees her family boat and she gets sad. And then the three of them start a campfire and one would think that maybe they would do this in the woods or far away from the house nope they fucking do it right on the front lawn and they say like oh we don't care if Novak finds them or if he finds them like if there's no if you're in his front yard with a fire in the middle of the night he's going to find you there's no if in this situation and they're just sitting around it like it's just a, like your everyday fucking summer campfire. As if there's not a psychopath killer on the loose. <sighs> Idiots. Enzo hypnotizes Ava to get her into a, like our dream state faster and to help induce fear faster because this thing feeds off of fear. Oh, kind of like Freddy. Enzo snaps his fingers and she is out. And Jolene is like, wow, you're good. Ava slouches forward and we see she has a fucking dart in her back. Guess who found them? Novak! Whoa! Who could have seen that coming? Enzo yells for Jolene to run and she's hit with two fucking darts. Novak tosses the dart gun and pulls out Rob's pistol and holds Enzo at gunpoint. Jolene wakes up in her dream and her room is being torn apart and filling with water. Novak explains to Enzo that nightmares are the creature's way in. And like, yeah, we already know that. Like, we already had a lore dump. We don't need another one from you. We get it. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. Ava dreams and she's back on the street from the beginning of the movie in a boat and she sees her younger self running around uh, does any of this matter? No, but it happens. Enzo asks why Novak is doing this. On the ground, Jolene starts spewing water like a fucking fire hose out of her mouth. Novak says when he was diving and his tank malfunctioned, he saw it and he reached out to touch it and it reached out and communicated with him and needs him to help find him a human vessel so he can come into the real world. Novak says he was ready to give up hope, but after scanning Ava, he found some of the same anomaly in her brain that he had discovered in his brain after his encounter with the shark god. But ultimately, Novak got in trouble for running a scan on Ava because this happened when she was a fucking child, and he ended up losing his medical license and he's the one that killed her family so he can manifest the god. And the incident didn't work, hence why he created this drug. So he did all that for basically fucking nothing. Novak's not very good at what he does. So he admits he's done this with others before, and Enzo says this thing is just using him, and he'll be dead just like the rest of them. Yep. 
Dream Ava grabs a shotgun from one of the boats, dives into the manhole from before, and starts looking underwater for the shark. In the real world, the gate is starting to open for this shark. Enzo tackles Novak to the ground as Ava continues to fight the shark in her dream with a shotgun. She starts waking up and the shark has appeared in the clouds and the lightning above them. Nova reaches out to touch the black wispies. Enzo tries to shoot them and Novak tackles him and pulls a gun on him. He's about to shoot when a spear hits him in the stomach, goes right through him. We see Ava holding a spear gun looking fucking badass. The Black Wispies get Novak and he's fucking devoured. As Enzo and Ava run, Enzo is attacked by the swarm and he dies. So like, at this point, the shark's in the real world, but like, we barely get to see it. It's mostly like these Black Wispy things. Now we see it when Ava runs into the house and then the shark manifests for like a second to smash the door down before turning into Black Wispies again. So she goes downstairs and she opens a closet and it's full of dead bodies. She runs into the MRI room and she turns the machine on. The Black Wispies break the door down and the Wispies are forced into the MRI machine. So kids, if you're fighting ghosts, remember, use magnets. Magnets and MRI machines will defeat any and all supernatural spirits. Disclaimer, MRI machines and magnets may not destroy all spirits. Ava wakes up in the MRI machine and Novak is helping her up. He tells her she mastered her fear and she's going to be okay now. She leaves the room with Novak and everyone else is waiting outside the room for her and she heads upstairs to get some water. Ava looks out the window and the shark is staring at her underwater through the window and then it ends. So I guess moral of the story is magnets or MRI machines can't kill Hawaiian shark gods. So that was Nightmare Shark Curse of the Fucking Dream Witch. So I guess technically I watched two fucking movies this week. Insane. So to dive right into the poster expectations, this one is kind of a tough one. I mean, this movie definitely had a creepy atmosphere to it, so it managed to do that. The look of the shark was great. I actually kind of wish the look of the shark was on the poster because it. I don't. I think it would draw more people in personally. But um, it like it doesn't quite look like a regular shark. It's very toothy, very long teeth, and it's just scary looking. But I kind of wish we had gotten to see more of it. Gore wise, again, there was not a lot in this one. Uh, the deaths were more or less the same. But uh, but as I said, it had a creepy atmosphere, so it kind of worked for me. Uh, Ghost Shark, this movie is not, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I actually think when I watched this movie, I was thinking of next week's movie, and I'm not looking forward to it, but, uh, hey, this was better than The Black Demon. I will watch this movie again before I watch The Black Demon. I would maybe even watch Curse of the Dream Witch before re-watching uh, The Black Demon again. Uh, I don't know, it's just more enjoyable I mean, we probably see the shark the same amount, but at least the story is weird and dumb enough to just like keep you entertained. I mean, at the end of the day, that's all I really want. I just want to be entertained. I want to have a good laugh. And I mean, these movies kind of do it. The Black Demon did not. But we're not going to talk about the Black Demon anymore. That was last week. This week was Nightmare Shark from 2018, directed by Nathan and Griff First. Tune in next week for an all-new Spooky Shocktober episode of Bucket of Chum. As always, you can find me on all of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Slasher, TikTok, all at Bucket of Chum Podcast, bucketofchumpodcast.com for more information. And we still have a Patreon going, folks, patreon.com forward slash Bucket of Chum. Go on over there. Lots of great things happening. Uh, this month, including, we're going to have night two of my review of Peter Benchley's Creature. 
So tune in for that. And I will see you guys next time for a brand new episode of Booker to Chum. Welcome to a world of love, friendship, laughter, and everything in between. Get ready for the Couple of Couples podcast, the ultimate podcast about life hosted by a fantastic foursome. We've got not one, but two couples ready to discuss a wide variety of topics, interests, and current events. Join us as we take you on an often hilarious and rarely heartfelt journey through the ups and downs of life. Regardless of your walk of life, there's something for everyone on this podcast. Meet Daryl, Drips, Johnny, and Drops. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm a professional nerd, avid gamer, and the self-proclaimed podfather. I'm Drips, also known as D-Rips, and also not the most articulate. <laughs> I'm Drops. Listen in to find out if I am being held against my will. And I'm Johnny. I'm willing to do and try most things, and I'm willing to say, well, anything. Each episode, these four fabulous friends will tackle topics like forming friendships, weird science, delta gummies, origin stories, ear-biting lorikeets, juicy man booties, conspiracies, aliens, ghosts, pop culture, TV, music, and more. And the best part? That was only the first nine episodes. Let us take you on a journey through the highs and lows of what it means to be alive with witty banter, non-expert advice, and hilarious stories that'll have you in stitches. If you're looking for the next great podcast, then grab your phone, tablet, or laptop and subscribe to the Couple of Couples podcast on your favorite platform today. It's free, and it's the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. Don't miss out on the laughs, the love, the occasional, did they really just say that? moment, and some jaw-dropping surprises you won't want to miss. And speaking of love, let's spread it like confetti. Like, follow, and share our podcast on social media. And don't forget to visit our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com to find links to our show on your favorite platform, links to our social media accounts, contact us, or listen to the latest episodes directly from our website. Join us on this roller coaster ride as we dip, dive, twist, and turn through everything that the universe throws our way. And don't forget to check out our merchandise store, which can be accessed through our website at www.coupleofcouplespodcast.com, featuring custom designs based on our sound bites from your favorite episodes shirts, hoodies, mugs, tote bags, and more. Couple of Couples Podcast. Because when it comes to love and laughter, four heads are better than one. But a dose of laughter, love, and a little bit of craziness? Subscribe now and be part of our fantastic podcast family. Subscribe, like, follow, and share. Let's make love and laughter go viral.